Hello everyone, can you hear, I hope you can, the water lapping at the shore. Might be a bit too far away for that guy. Yeah, and uh, some, there was some, there were some birds and some bird song. This is That's Just Ridiculous with me, Guy. And me, Paul. Hello. And we're still in Jamaica, as you might have gathered. It's a week later and... Um, Yes, I know it's probably really um, annoying for you guys out back in England in the cold, but we're just trying to spread a little bit of sunshine, that's all. And uh, Let some of that Caribbean breeze blow through your life for yeah. half an hour. Because, uh, you know, it's um, we are lucky we know that to be here. But, you know, it, 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 we have our crises. Like today, for instance, the water's gone down and we've had to go up the, uh, the, the, the hardware store and buy a new pump, a really big pump. And we've uh, had some wranglings fitting it this morning, which have been quite good. But it's all going quite well. That, that hopefully we'll be back on stream later today. Nice sea breeze today. The reason that uh, the reason that we don't have any water, well, is is kind of many fold. But one one of the folds is <clears throat> that the hotels take the large share of the water from all the villages to such an extent that there's a village up the hill called Blenheim. Uh, which has no water at any time of the day now. There's never any water in their taps because uh, the pressure, even though they put in a huge new main, the pressure is never high enough to get it up the hill because all the hotels, are, of course, are on the sea level. So uh, they, 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 get, they get the water first. And, the, and, 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 it's, and it's a bit unfortunate because a lot of the workers live there. And the tourists are just in there, just spunking all that water. It's not quite true, Paul, actually, because they do have signs there now saying, "Don't if you don't want your towels washed every day, do be aware of... Oh, well, excuse me. OK, yeah, but I bet, of course they do. I like a lot of water, too. I like to go through a lot of water. Yeah, but you know what? Basically, it... I overuse all resources I can get my hands on. See, Guy, if you spend some time on a boat, you find out that... Yeah. I don't mean one of these big luxury boats. I mean, like, a small one, like a 30-footer or something, and you go out on that, then you realise... The first thing you realise, I think, is how much water you can get away with not using. And the second thing you realise is that it's exactly how much you need for a day. And it's really interesting. You don't really need anywhere near the amount you think you need. Yeah, yeah. Hey, just while you were talking, Paul, I heard that noise, which I always think is one of the most romantic noises in the... What are you saying? I'm boring you. No, 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 you weren't at all. But, but it's of a light aircraft flying low over a Caribbean island and the Caribbean Sea. Mm. And I always think that's so exciting. And I don't, I don't care who's in there. Actually, I do know this is that a few years ago, some time ago now, Bono uh, 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 alighted from his water plane, which he had especially commissioned. Seaplane. Seaplane, thank you, to go to a hotel in the grill. <laughs> and the police opened fire on him. Because oh, they, my they God. Anyone who has got out of a seat. Well, they thought it was invading. No, it must be, must be a drug smuggler. Anyway, but they did fire live ammunition at him. Jesus. Fortunately, none hit. Um, did, what did but you say? I, I always, unfortunately. I, I, no, I said fortunately. And I, and I love the sound. And to go over the Caribbean islands in a small plane at low altitude, it's just so thrilling. It feels so special. And the islands look so beautiful, passing underneath me. Mm. And the sea... You can see through it. See the. Do you, do you know that scene in Thunderball where he's looking for the Avro Vulcan out of the heli helicopter? Oh, it's under the water, isn't it? With a nuclear weapon in see it. it. Yeah, with a nuclear weapon. See, in we're it. here. We're back. Are back on nukes that have been lost. You see. Right, right. See, it does happen. <laughs> 
That's a little, the little Chinese bit. Yeah. You only live twice. Who sings that? That's not. Why is it Chinese? Because uh, no, I'm thinking of Thunderball. Oh, and he, and if they, it, it, no, you've got. Sorry, I'm seeing it so badly. It's that's not recognisable to you. No, it's not recognisable. It wouldn't be. It's a, it's a song. Oh, song it. I'm seeing it so badly. It wouldn't you're be recognisable to its own composer. That's not Thunderball. That's you only live twice. No. I'm thinking of the... You're thinking, and he strikes like Thunderball. No, that, that, typically you, you're only interested in the, in the kind of single that came off it. This is the incidental music. As Bond goes under the water and, and he, and he goes, sees the camouflage netting and the Avro Vulcan. Yeah. That's You Only Live Twice, Guy. OK, no. You can't just sing it, tell me a different story and sing the same <laughs> fucking thing and think that the music's going to change, because it isn't! We're going to have to get it up because it's really good. The one that I want is. Well, anyway, anyway, so, I, so the, we, anyway fuck Bond, anyway. He's a bit of an arsehole, Bond, isn't he? No, 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 it's fantastic. Guy, he's so a bit of an arsehole. Truly arsehole. Jamaican. What, he was, as everyone knows. No, what he, he became. In Jamaica. What he became in the last few films was, I just thought, risible and horrible. I mean, he shot some woman in the head and just behaved like a wanker and he's a big muscly beefcake now. He has no. He's got no chat. He's got no presence, he's got no erudition, no refinement. He's just a big lummox going around shooting people. Totally because they've agree. tried to splice him with Bourne. And who wants Bond to be Bourne? Yeah, I know. I absolutely, totally agree. I don't know who Bourne is. But I... Yes, you I, do. Uh, the Bourne supremacy. I don't you, watch that You mentioned it to me the other day. Did I? Yes, you did. Oh, right, OK. I think... I don't know. I, anyway. Um, but it, I agree. It's been an absolutely appalling betrayal. A descent. Of... of for a descent, definitely a descent, and a, and and portrayal of the Bond legacy, but he Bond was invented just up the road from the house where we're staying on the north coast of Jamaica, in a house set back a little bit from the sea like this one with a coral reef outside. And Ian Fleming sat there, and God, he puts me, I mean, he puts us all to shame, but in every way. But he he would arrive, I think, in about November, and leave, I think, in around February, with a, with, with a I think with the finish, but can't have with three books. Eight weeks and a screenplay. Maybe, maybe he did a draft and then he went back and cleaned it up. I don't know, but anyway, he 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 created them here, and they absolutely have Jamaica running through their veins. Even though, in a way, I don't think he quite understood it. I don't think, uh, for instance, he spoke patois or had he he loved his staff. I, I'm going from his his. No, Noel Coward's diaries because Noel Coward was his neighbour. And I think a few other people, but I don't think Ian Fleming kept a diary. But I'm not sure about that. He may have, maybe he did. But he didn't. He didn't business with the local people. He didn't go down to the bars and and party and dance and all that. He no, didn't, he didn't do that. He didn't need to. No. But uh, he had all his fancy wife friends around he, there, didn't he? Yeah, drinking, he had his wife's friends drinking, around there. Drinking um, martinis. And I guess stuff. so. I guess what? so. And he... smoking loads of gaspers and not ganja gaspers. Yeah, fat. Woodbines. No, senior, senior service. Ser senior service. Senior service, that's what, yeah. Is that what Bond smoked in the books? I think so, yeah. No, he wrote some Black Sobrani. He did it. What a ponce. <laughs> exactly. God. No, or was it Three he's Passing a, Clouds? He's a ponce. No, I'll tell you what he is, though. He's very Jamaican, Paul, but I know I told you that. Well, I've never seen Jamaicans smoke a Black Sobrani. No, that's true, but they like to smoke the Jamaicans, and they also love guns, which uh, Bond does. They love fast driving. He does. They're really patriotic. They have a somewhat... Um, nowadays, controversial attitude and, and behaviour towards the opposite sex. That's certainly true. And which Bond was unashamedly chauvinist and sort of... What was he? Was he a predator? No. 
He just he uh, knew what he wanted. Guy, I don't know. Actually, that's a very good question. Put it this way: thing is, I can't remember. He's a bit of a fucking relic now. I mean, that, it's obviously had to change, but they've made him worse because all they've done <laughs> is taken all the interesting bits out yeah. and left the boorish. Also, they never. Bond had... would never shoot a woman in the head, for God's sake, like he did in that one a few episodes ago. And one never shoots a woman in the head. <laughs> Bond would never shoot a woman in the head. <laughs> he well, might shoot her in the leg. Why does it matter where he shot her? It just was horribly shot her in the face right. to prove a point to some baddie. Oh, right, OK. No, we because she that. was a hooker. No, no, no. Do you no, not no. remember that? No, no, no. no. I, I've stopped watching them, to be honest, because, Fucking as you rubbish. say, that bloke, Craig Martin. Broccoli. Craig Martin. Michael Craig Martin. No, who, yeah, He's who, not who a very good Bond. That, that Toby Jug. Big <laughs> of a fellow. It's just all stuffed up with steroids, and kind of, he can, his knees can't touch because his thighs are so short and stodgy, <laughs> muscly. Exactly. I know. No and if you're if you're a fan, what's he called? Daniel. Michael Craig. Daniel Craig. Daniel Craig. You know, I'm. You, see, you know, I don't want to be personally offensive because that, that that's not cool. You. But he's not. He was miscast. I wish they'd done actually the other Daniel, Daniel Day Lewis. He could have done it. Tall, well, well, elegant, well, slender, you know. No, guy, he's too much of a pot. He's too poncy. He's too poncy. Oh, I think. Uh, do you know who they Bond ever read a book? Do you know who's in the frame? Who? Idris Elba. Right, I yeah. am. Full circle, you see. Yeah. In case we're in fear or under attack, have no fear because Bond is black. <laughs> That's a quote, actually, from um, a fantasy Bond story. By, uh, by, um, I'll have to play it to you. It's the magazine bass player. They're a post punk band, so that it's like punk prog guy. You might like it. Uh, a guy called Barry Adamson, and he wrote this uh, a fantasy Bond theme. Right. And it starts off about him as a little boy pretending he's got a shortwave radio in his shoe, and it's like down, 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 down. So it's like it's like the uh, Bond theme with the scar beat behind it. It's very, yeah. very good. Kingsley Amish did a lot of Bond, Bondabilia, didn't he? Did he? He loved Bond. The wind's coming there. in. I, Hang on. I, I, are we too muffly with the wind? No, it's okay. The breeze. Just make sure your mic's like, you know. Is it okay? Can you can you hear me? Point it in your nostril. Can we just clip it to your moustache, guy? Thank you very much. There we are. Guy was going to attach the mic to his nipple just now, but it didn't. It's on a rather fierce bulldog clip. No, crocodile clip. Yeah, it has. <laughs> Bulldog Sorry, what were you saying about uh, Kingsley uh, Amos? Yeah, he, he wrote some sort of extra stuff around Bond, and then Higson has, has he written little baby other Bonds? A few of them have written extra kind of Bond stories or Bond fantasies. But I just, actually, I've got to say, I just think it's fucking boring now. Its best moment has passed. I mean, I think once, they, once we reached Roger Moore, it was game over, really. Yeah. He blew it, didn't he, really? Yeah. I actually, controversially, I like I like that bloke that nobody likes, Lazenby. Is it Lazenby? He only got one, didn't he? He only allowed one, and nobody liked him. I think they should have a lady Bond now. I mean, making, making James Bond into a black man, that's OK. I understand. It would be good if it was set in Jamaica, like... Um, like that, three of them are. Doctor No is. Yeah. Casino, uh, um, Octopussy. And um, Casino Royale all have Jamaican connections. segments in And it. one has a ha Haitian connection, doesn't it? Which one's that? Live and Let Die. Who's it? That was my favourite novel when I read the... the um... It's funny, because in, in the book, although I think the books are absolutely flawless, it, it, the patois is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's really slapdash and very inaccurate. The, the Jamaican is called Quarrel in Thunderball, I think. Or is that... He could possibly be from the Bahamas, because they go to Nassau, I think, in... Yeah. The, in Thunderball. 
Anyway, he's called Quarrel, and he speaks a very weird, kind of white, <laughs> black people should uh, speak. Yeah. It's funny when you hear an audiobook and people are voiced in an audiobook. I was listening to an audiobook recently, um, um, just to see what it was like, really, in it, a Philip K. Dick one, and there's an Englishman in it, and it was just... <laughs> It was like Dick Van Dyke on acid. It's this American guy trying to do an English accent. <laughs> Fucking funny. I mean, I just laughed out loud. I rewound, rewound it several times. <laughs> Best of all is, is, uh, is uh, Robert De Niro pronouncing Hereford. Oh, yeah, no. <laughs> Ronin. There's a, there's a part where Robert De Niro has to, he has to uh, chastise Sean Bean from Sheffield. And Sean Bean plays this, like, you know, this Sheffield lad who's a bit... He's, you know, he's a bit panicky and he's, you know... He was in the SAS and, like, let's get it done! Let's fucking kill him, you know, we can fucking do this! And and De Niro takes against him instantly and his character is this, um... He's this, like, really uh, savage guy who's, who's very calm as well. And it, it's meant to be... It's one of the, 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 the hinges of the film. He says, so what colour was the boathouse at Hereford? <laughs> <laughs> what colour was the boathouse at Hereford? What colour was it? Yeah, because because it's the not... SAS uh, train in Hereford. <laughs> in Hereford? And they must have shown him the line which said, what colour is the boathouse in Hereford? And he said, what colour is the boathouse in Hereford? And nobody had the balls. Or maybe nobody knew yeah. that it was a wild mispronunciation. It was John Frankenheimer who was the director. John Frankenheimer may not have known that, no, that Hereford was pronounced Hereford. Yeah, but Sean but fucking Bean must have Sean done. Bean must have What was he He's thinking? Standing, and he dared and said... I'm not fucking telling Robert De Niro how to say his own. <laughs> hey, Robert, mate. Robert. Robert, our kid. It's fucking Hereford. Not Hereford. What are you on about? Can, can we do this fucking scene again? This cunt can't pronounce fucking Hereford. I want, I want to Excuse see that friends. film just to hear that him say Hereford. It's really, it says it several times. But the, 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 the really funny part is that he's trying to catch him out. I know! <laughs> it's so ridiculous. It is ridiculous. It is totally ridiculous. Anyway... <laughs> God, we haven't got any. We haven't got any movies here. I think it would be great though if you had a movie screen to stick a movie screen up and get all the villagers down to watch um, a big, you know, on the big screen. I've and got uh, a that, well, it reminds me of the very early days here when there were only there was only two TVs in the in the village, and w w one of them. Uh, uh, was owned by a woman called Miss Nan, and she was very sweet, generous natured because she would put the TV on in her in her sitting room, and open the window behind uh, you know behind her. She would sit on the armchair watching the TV, and behind her in the garden she laid out benches so people from the village could come and sit on benches in her garden and look through her window <laughs> at the TV. Oh, that's brilliant! And I remember passing the house, and, and you could see her inside, oh. kind of making a glass of juice or going about her business. And, and in her, silently, in the dark of her garden, were like eight people sitting on benches, Aww. looking straight through the window at the TV. Really That's pretty sweet. and amazingly generous-spirited too. I guess she got fed up with them coming in the house, barging yeah. their way in. Yeah. It's really nice, that. But I don't think, well, uh, outdoor anything here never lasts very long because the no. conditions are so... And it's a difficult thing. You, when you, you've, you've got good intentions, but then you open your house up and it all goes 
really wrong. Like, I remember once I tried to do a, a pirate radio station, we talked about this. We never have, actually, no. And a number of people have said, hey, you've got to get Paul to talk about the pirate radio station <laughs> because, on the pod. Well, wait, what I, was it called for a start? I invited this... I no, inv- I'm not going to let you take t- the gender here. What, I'm going to ask a few questions. All right, you ask the questions I and I will answer. What was it called? Well, it was called Deep Sky Radio. That's quite a good, that's quite a good name. But there was a concept behind it. Okay. I'll because be. I didn't want to do it all the time. We only wanted to do it once a week. A How bit... long did it actually last for? I'll come to that. <laughs> <laughs> I know the answer. <laughs> basically, it was called Deep Sky Radio, and the reason for that was the concept we invented to give us the excuse that we only had to do it once a week was it was aboard a satellite. So people would come up by rocket to the satellite and do a set and then go back to Earth. And we only came round where you could hear us once a week because we were in a very elliptical orbit. So that was, and we had a website that explained all this, mm-hmm. and we had loads of sound effects. So when you came aboard, it went, get, come aboard, come on, and then it was like, okay, here's the equipment. So we had all these sound effects, and we had all these various. It's you petting yourself in space. Yeah, jingles and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah little. So that, that was the concept. Paul. That was the concept. Yeah. Right. Okay. And it's called Deep Sky Deep Sky Radio. Yeah, it was called Deep Sky Radio. Yeah. And you had guests on it. Well, this is the thing, you see. How long did the programme last? You see, this is the thing. <laughs> what happened was, I managed to get... So I looked into it, I went on it online, I went to loads of forums and found out about pirate radio. So when you get a pirate radio station, you have to. You need an aerial and a transmitter, which is like a box, a bit like an amplifier, which generates high voltage and puts it out there, and that's what creates the impulses that we hear as a decoded as, as FM radio by your set. So I had to go and buy all this off a shady bloke in a car park, and he basically asked me which frequency we wanted and then came back a week later with it, so it's 104.4 FM we went for, which is right at the end of the, of the line. Anyway, and then we had to get... And then, and, and, he also, and then we had to buy a microwave link, because when you put your aerial up on top of a tower block and, and the transmitter, you hide it in the top of the lift, and you put a microwave link on the other tower block that you're in, so when, you, when you're playing the records, it beams it over to the transmitter. And if the DTI track the transmitter, they can't find you. They can only find the transmitter. Okay. So you can't get busted for it. Because if you got busted, what would have happened to you? You can go to jail because they, they say it has the potential to interfere with the emergency services, which, of course, it does, but it's very unlikely. But there are still loads... There are power stations going all the time. Oh, all the time, yeah, all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they usually have a microwave link to a remote location right. where the actual music's being played. Do you played. think they're trying to track them down or not? Always, yeah. It's they a are constant little struggle, yeah. They so don't just let them go. No, a lot of them are monetized, so they, they, you know, they don't approve of it because they issue licenses for people to do it. And right. Okay. So then, after that, then I thought, well, how am I going to get into the lift to put it up on top of the lift tower? So then I had to get a, what's called a drop key, which is what firemen have to get into lifts in tower blocks, which is a universal key which lets you into any lift and allows you to take the lift beyond the top floor onto the roof. So we got this key again. I paid a hundred quid for it off some shady guy in a car park. And, so, and then we set all the equipment up and did it, me and a guy called Seng. And then we, when we finally, the night we did it, we set it all up and fired it all up and put the first record on. We went downstairs into my Volvo and drove around the block and switched the radio on, and it came out of the radio set. And what, I, what, was the, uh, what, what, what was the reception like? Perfect, crystal clear. And I that just, must have been nice. I actually, I actually, it brought a tear to my eye. I'm not surprised. It was amazing. Yeah, yeah. How far away was the Volvo, as my venture? Well, we were a couple of blocks away. It was in okay, Shoreditch. Okay, right. But then when we started getting complaints from really West London, no, no, you, Chiswick. Chiswick, yeah. We were getting complaints from Chiswick that we were interfering with Radio, radio Diana or something it was called. So they could hear us in fucking Chiswick, which is quite... How funny. were they getting hold of you? On the radio. You could just tune in. 
Yeah, but how were they giving you their complaint? Oh, we, we had a number. We bought, a, we bought a, a phone from the supermarket. And I think we had an email address as well that people could write into. OK, and so what happened? Your first programme, you went, so you then got out of the Volvo. You had to get back before the, the record finished, did you? Yeah, it's, no, because it was only a test. And then, we, and then we, test, on right? the night we launched, I had Marius de Vries. He's quite a big producer. He did some work with Madonna and everything. So we had him on, and he was helping me with the jingles and everything. And then I played a bit, and me, me, and, me and Tristram Penner played a bit. And then, and then played a bit, you played a bit. Played a bit on the radio, you what, know. We, what, you played someone's records? Yeah, and we were on their talk. them playing. Talking and playing on the, on the radio. Yeah. And, then, and then, of course, everybody was in there getting a bit smashed in my tiny flat. And then the last person to come on was Andy Collishaw. Yeah. So you can imagine he brought a bit of a posse with him. And it turned into a full-on party in my flat. And the next morning I woke up and the flat was totally trashed and there were these, eight, there were these randomos in the flat that I didn't even know. And I just thought, fuck this. And I closed it down the next day. Well, you closed the whole registration down? Yeah, so I, it took about... I don't, it must have taken four months to put it all together. It cost me the best part of a grand and I just closed it down then. So I guess it was an artwork in the end. Yeah, yeah. But some people like to do the preparation more than the actual thing. I've, I said this about Glastonbury Festival. There are a lot of those people who do the who do the setup there. I think that they're just there just to rig and to build. And the actual when the punters come in and the shows on, that they get bored. They're not so interested. Yeah, I'm a bit like that. Yeah, they're, they're, it's over by that point. And I wonder if that's what that's what Stonehenge is. Is that it's just a lot of people just wanting to put something up. The actual what it did. Not that. <laughs> yeah. It's not that yeah. You just want to lug some stones up and you know get the have some beers, get the boys, have this you know, have a very specific plan. You can justify anything, can't you? It's like really yeah. boring. Oh god. Oh, it's left twenty thousand years. No, but, four thousand rather. Well that's yeah. that's deep sky radio, one day. One day. After all that. Do you think this is in a, it, that that uh, that's just ridiculous? Is a is is a child of it? I don't know. I don't... DJing style. Did you put on voices and everything? Yes, like, hello, welcome to Deep Sky Radio. It's going to be a great night here on Deep Sky. Let me tell you, we've got some fantastic DJs here lined up for you tonight. We have Maris DeVries, Paul Fryer, and Tris Penner, otherwise known as the Hilter Brothers. And we've got later on, we've got Andy Collishore and friends. Tune in later, I have tune in now. Don't go away now. Now a word from our sponsors, it was all that kind of shit. Really? No. <laughs> <laughs> But no, it was mainly well. So, so how come someone rantings. from Chiswick got hold of you? Because it was brought. The broadcast went a lot further than we thought it would. It was. You was only on for about six hours. I could see trouble looming, guy. That was what yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. And I thought, you know, if what once did you do with all the equipment? I just gave it away to a guy who was going to Africa. So you could do it there. Yeah, I had, I had some spare musical equipment, and he was knocking when I was clearing out my studio, and he was knocking around round the back of the studio. But anyway, he came in and I just said, look, I've got some stuff you might want. He was talking about Africa and how he's taking all this equipment over there. So I gave him all this equipment. And one of them was the radio station. I thought, well, in Africa, no-one's going to give a shit, you know, and you could... Yeah. It really could be quite great for a community to have a radio station there. Yeah, it wasn't that with how they whipped up that, all that genocide in Rwanda. Ah. Some, some, some uh, mad district. Ah, yes. Mm. I wonder if it was on one of Whoops. Four. <laughs> <laughs> Guy! No! <laughs> But, if, but if, if a subsequent one happens, subsequent one happens, maybe I, oh my god, that doesn't bear yeah, thinking yeah, about. Guy, how could you say that? I was trying to be public spirited. Yeah, I know. I understand the impulse. Yeah, quite nice. What's it called? The, the road to hell. 
being paved to good, with good intentions. Yeah. Here, when they want to put out um, the word on something, they drive around in a car with a speaker on the top and a bloke inside with a microphone or on a tape. Yeah. 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 Hey, Barney. Yeah. What's happening? It's working. Man. It's working. But it was. Yeah, you have to adjust it back. Yeah, yeah but wait, does that mean that the uh, the, the pressure switch might be? Yeah, the pressure switch. Oh, because you tightened it up before, didn't you? <laughs> yeah. Well done. Well, you know, it's now debugging. <laughs> that's good, isn't it? Yeah, that's good. Gonna have water, won't Well done. Good old Barney. Mm. Genius, they call him round here. Mm. And, he's, and his toolbox is amazing. He has, he's got that one spanner there. I've never seen that before. He does everything either with his, the end of his knife, his knife, his fingernail. And that's about it. Well, maybe a bit. And his fingers. A bottle top. Yeah. Uh, uh, they, he just doesn't... He's, a, he's an expert mechanic and has no tools. Amazing. Mm. Yeah, he's a... Uh... It's a toolless place, Jamaica. It's, it's funny how some people are able to do that and some people aren't. Some people can look at something and, and they can figure out a way to fix it. And other people are just... They've, they've just got no chance. i got no chance. Yeah, it's funny. Mm. But I do like my tools, you see. You do, and I've seen your toolboxes. They're all neat, and I wish mine was like that. Clean, neat and tidy. And yeah. Very... And with every one, and it's diminishing, uh, you know, very sizes. Complete, very satisfying. All that. It's very satisfying. In fact, I want to turn over a new leaf in the shed department and go into my shed and throw a lot of stuff out and have my tool socket set. I've always wanted a tool shed where you've got... And the old guys... I've got advice. The old guys used to have them, guy, where you go in and there are outlines of all the tools on the wall. Absolutely, yeah. Whoa. Outline of his wife. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? No, it's like a forensic thing, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. No, but uh, uh, they... Yeah, I, and I, that, I remember that very well. So you could immediately walk in and see if, someone had, if there was a tool missing. That's right. Yeah. Because there's a fucking great outline on the there's wall. There's an outline on the wall, yeah. Yeah, maybe you should try that in your shed. Yeah. Mm, I don't know if it'll work here. I don't think so, no. It's not a Jamaican idea. No. So, um, Guy, um, Paul, we were talking about the, possib the possibility of, of going over on a trip to Haiti. Yeah, to Port-au-Prince. Did you find out if we need a visa? I haven't found that out yet, no. We're thinking of taking that such ridiculous on a little Caribbean tour to a... Basically, it's a kind of uh, emergency uh, sort of black spot, isn't it? They've had, they've had a... They've had a Earthquake. They've had a hurricane. They got sort of they got sort of out of control cholera. Yeah, it's bad. And there's also a lot of uh, very ill-behaved so-called NGOs, white people sent in there to help. Yeah, which are just making it worse. Cre I, I'm always so sceptical about those kind even of even as bad as sh shagging people to. For, yeah, I know. For for handing out food paid for someone up by someone else. I'm very sceptical about them. We could go and maybe investigate them for a bit. That might be quite nice. I'm really interested in Voodon, in the religion there, which is... Voodoo. I think it's called Voodoo. Voodon is it's how it's proper. <laughs> I've never heard anyone ever call it Voodoo. Guy, it's called Voodon. <laughs> That's the proper name of it. Have you not seen Maya Deren's movies? They're, they're... Uh, let me think. No. Well, you really ought to. <laughs> Have you not read anything about it? Uh, let me think. No. Oh, no, I have. I've read... 
Zora Neale Hurston. Not James Bond. No, Zora Neale Hurston, who did a beautiful book about it, and she's such a brilliant writer. What's it called? I don't know, but it's probably in this house. Oh, it's like so interesting, and it's a study of voodoo. It's it, oh, and it's, she she lived in New York in the twenties, and she went down and did an account of it, and it's it really exciting. I'd like to I'd like to just yeah, have sure a look around at some of the shrines yeah. and or if there's anything left standing there, I don't know how bad it is. It is um it's declared it is. I've always wanted to be disaster. in an earthquake. It's a disaster. What's what's the mental disaster? Well, let's go and have a look. Yeah. So the next time we speak to you, we might be speaking to you from. From Porto Prince. Porto Prince sounds so good too. Porto and what Prince. I love about it is there isn't a single goddamn package holidayer. Ha! Not a single. Not one. You know what I mean? American they tourist. Dare to go there. It's a tourist free place, which is so hard to find now with all this TripAdvisor, all this Facebook shit. We might die there, guy. Are you bothered? No way. Why am I going to die there? I'm like what? a cat, Paul. There's, there's nothing that life can throw at me that I haven't already seen. Well, and nothing. I can survive. Anything. It's not what life can throw at you, it's what death can throw at you. Don't you worry. <laughs> I am I am absolutely fine. If I had to lay down my yeah, nothing, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. This is the guy who said when I went to Svalbard, if a polar bear attacks you, just make yourself look bigger and shout at it, it's, and it'll run away. And I said, No, it fucking won't. He said, Well, it would if I did it. Because yeah, it would it would hear my voice and it would know that I was in authority. Yeah, I have a nice, I have a good I have I have confidence in Utter my nonsense. In, in my ability to to communicate with Can everyone, I, I have, and I, look, to, I have to see that I come in guy, good faith. I have, I, seriously, Paul, if you've convinced people, guy, the thing is about you is I that you confidence. look like you're like um, you look like you're about to deceive people. Oh, what the fuck are you talking about? You do, Paul. That's how you that's present. That's really out of order. After uh, uh, guy, uh, no, I'm serious, Paul. After how a short period, you realise that actually you're a very nice guy, but you don't I present look... such. What do you mean? I look like I'm going to deceive people? Well, you're a short Irish kind of thinkery <laughs> type. <laughs> with darting eyes. I have not got Stop darting eyes. Stop hitting me. Stop hitting Listen me. to me. With darting eyes. This is outrageous. Who looks like you're... And no one in Haiti, leave it to me, OK? Guy. I can't... So what do I look like? The shifty guy standing yes, behind that's you? Yes, that's a... Thank Fuck you. that. <laughs> guy. I'll introduce you nicely Can and I... they will soon realise that, in fact, you're really, if, if really if sweet. We're going to stab the pair of us You're warm-hearted. I, I wouldn't... I mean, you know... But I'm better to make the initial encounter. You just sound like a con man. I do they, they love me. You they sound like a con man. They lap me up. They see a man of uh, integrity. <laughs> <laughs> With whom they can do business. What a load of bollocks. No, I do know... Can I, I do... You, do you, know, you cannot make yourself look better by doing other people down. It doesn't work like that. <laughs>